wrong direction. They were probably flying around in the back wondering what's going on. Okay, at the last count, 39 signed up for Kid Zone. Last count. Yeah, 39. Uh, some of those sweet faces you already know, the, those of you who have helped out. Uh, so uh, we look forward to that and ask your prayers and ask your help. Let's go to James 2. Thank you, Don, for the songs. We've all heard lessons about works, probably so many lessons about works. You're tired of hearing lessons about works, but I thought we might have another lesson on works and just take a little different look. Sometimes we get this idea about works that they have to be some big, gigantic thing. Like you're going to spend a year overseas uh, in a mission field, or you're going to open a soup kitchen, or you're going to be able to build a, uh, a shelter for those who have been in human trafficking, or you know any other number of things like that, that these are the works that are being talked about. But... Uh, that isn't necessarily the case. Now, God bless you if you're able to do any of those great things and uh, serve the Lord that way, and maybe he's going to call you to do that. But we want to get a handle on good works this morning. This was actually from a snow shovel, if I remember right. I save handles. Anybody do that? Throw the part of the way that doesn't work, the broom's worn out, but I saved the handles. They come in handy. You know, this could well be on a broom, a mop, squeegee. We'll just put that there. You need to get a handle on good works. James 2, this is often where it starts, and let's just read a little bit from here. James 2.14, what use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and be filled, and yet you do not give him what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Indeed, what a great rhetorical question. It's of no use whatsoever, is it? None. Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. So James is telling us that faith and works go hand in hand. You know, the old song some of you don't, won't remember this song. Uh, Love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. Remember that from the musical, whatever one that was. Oklahoma, maybe. I'm not sure. And I was trying to think of a good modern day 
example of that, maybe if you got a cell phone and no provider, <laughs> walking around, hey, I got a cell phone here. That's great. Or maybe, you know, Mike back here, he's in the guns. You got a pistol, but there's no ammunition in it. I got a gun. I got a gun. Yeah, okay, but it doesn't do anything. It's the same idea. I got faith. But if my faith does not work itself out on a daily basis, what good is that? All right, so we want to look at how good works fit into the Christian scheme of things, get a handle on good works. Let's go to Titus. We're going to be in Titus several times here. And kind of surprising, but I guess maybe it shouldn't be. Is these are uh, the apostles' words to a, an evangelist. He was trying to encourage and teach a congregation how uh, the Christian faith was to play out on a daily, daily basis. So the first thing we want to look at is we're not saved by good works. And we understand that. We've heard dozens of sermons on that, maybe a, maybe a hundred sermons. We're not saved by good works. No one can do enough. No one is righteous enough, and we understand that. But we are saved for good works. And maybe that's not been emphasized enough. Titus 3.5, he saved us, meaning God or God through Christ, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness. Okay? It can't be on that basis because no one is good enough, no one has done enough, etc. But according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, or renewing by the Holy Spirit, a reference there to being born again, of water and baptism and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the way we're saved through Jesus Christ, through His grace. And we need to you know, have that absolutely set in our hearts. We are not saved by our works. We are saved by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and through our response then to the gospel to get into Him. However, if we go to Ephesians chapter 2, we see that works, or good works, when I say works, I'm talking about good, good works, are a part of Christian life. We can't ignore them. Okay? Just like James says, faith without works, it's a dead faith. Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. All right, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. Say pretty much the same thing that Paul said there to Titus. Okay, it's not about works. We can't. It's not so we can boast before God and say, "Look what I've done." Salvation's a gift. Now, verse ten is a key verse, and maybe we've overlooked this too much. For we are His workmanship. Okay, we are his workmanship. The word there, some translations have handiwork. It's from the Greek word poema, from which we get the word poem. So God has formed us and has written us and has created us 
all for a purpose. You know, that something that is beautiful and good. He has written each one of us as a poem. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. There's that new creation. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Okay? Which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in him. This was always his purpose. That he wanted a people who would be filled with good works. That's one reason he saves people. You know, here God is saying, I'm not just counting how many people are saved or are baptized, okay? He's saying, look, we got hundreds, we got thousands, we got millions that believe. Well, there's, I'm afraid that that is the truth today. There's a millions and millions who believe but how many of them really have faith? That's what he's saying. Saved people are saved for a purpose, you see. We're not just saved to be saved. Some people think that's, I'm saved. Oh, great. Yeah, I made the gospel. Wonderful. But we're saved for a purpose, and that's what we're kind of looking at in this lesson. We are saved for good works. As we read that verse and let that sink in, we can kind of let, you know, I think in the past it was kind of like, okay, when you're saved, you just go to church and stay out of trouble, and that's all you got to do, right? That's all you got to do. That verse explodes that myth. That isn't what Christianity is about or being a Christian is about. We are saved for good works. Go back to Titus. God has purpose in those good works, okay? They're not busy works. You know, sometimes in school, a teacher gives kids busy work because they run out of lesson or they're not prepared, okay? Sometimes you give your kids just something to keep them busy and keep them out of your hair, right? That's not probably not a bad idea. But anyway, God doesn't just give us stuff to do to keep us busy, all right? It's not busy work. Titus 3.8. This is a trustworthy statement, and concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed in God, now listen again to what he says, will be careful to engage in good deeds. Careful. All right? Now, that doesn't mean, you know, we do have to be concerned about, you know, who we help and how we do it, but he's talking about, okay, I want you to be really sincere about this and be careful to set yourself up to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. There's kind of part of the bottom line of it. These good deeds are things that are good for people and they're profitable for people. Things that need to be done that are a blessing to other people. 
That's what these good deeds are about. We, uh, as Christians, have a, a love for our neighbor, right? Love one another as God has loved you. And once again, we, James used the example of faith, but we can use the example of love as well. We might say we love somebody, but if we never help them out when they're in need, does that really mean we love them? No, it you know, means we just say some words. Faith and love are both demonstrated by our willingness to help in time of need. It's always been that way. These things are good and profitable, things which help encourage, address needs, bear burdens. could be material. You know, someone needs uh, work done on their house. could be uh, have to do with their illness, helping them in time when they're sick, emotional, spiritual, need of prayer, counseling, whatever it is, it's a good work, profitable for men. That's what these things are for. They're designed for that. Why? Because God wants his people to be seen as doing good, as loving, as being helpful. That we are a group that you can go to when you have a need, as opposed to the world who generally thinks about themselves and just, you know, having fun and being even evil and wicked. The church is to be that light where you can go and get help. It's interesting to note there is no list of good deeds in the scripture. You ever think about that? We have works of the flesh, we have fruit of the spirit, which is primarily the inner workings of the heart. But there's no list of good deeds. There are too many. And we're going to kind of explore that a little bit later, but there are just so many good deeds that can be done. Matthew 5.16. We've seen these good deeds are good and profitable for, profitable for men, for women. Things that need to be done. Needs, things that are helpful. Can help them through life. Help them face the challenges and troubles of life. They're good deeds. Here's the other reason we're employing good deeds. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So these good deeds aren't about us. They're about our Father or the Lord Jesus Christ to bring him glory. And once again, you know, when the world out there sees the church, the body of Christ, doing good things for people, God should be glorified. We should always be pointing people to Jesus Christ as the reason we do what we do. To bring him the glory. If we are taking the glory for ourselves, what? We have the glory now. We won't have it later. We're serving him. 
The good deeds are to bring glory to Jesus Christ. And maybe that's why, uh, you know, I see that part as being part, as we would say, evangelism. When we use the name of Christ, when we're doing something good, you know, I serve the Lord. I serve the Lord Jesus. This is why I'm doing this. Should probably open up some hearts and minds and maybe some conversations as to how, you know, how'd that come about? So our good deeds are to be profitable for men, helpful, and they're to bring glory to Jesus. All right? They're not just busy work. They have purpose. Okay, let's go back to Titus 2. Understanding these things. We are created for good works, profitable things to glorify Jesus. We should have a certain attitude toward these works. Titus 2.14, speaking of Jesus who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. All right, now look at the wording again. Zealous for good deeds. It's all through Titus. The word zealous we want to look at means to be eager, excited about, and desiring. And if I can help someone out and bring glory to Christ, let me in. I want to do it. I want to be involved. We are to be zealous for good deeds. This is one reason we were created in Christ Jesus. Not Again, not just to be saved, not just to come sit on a seat, but for good works, and we're to be zealous for them because they have a great purpose in the kingdom and in the world. So often, though, our attitude is just the opposite. You know, it's don't call me, I'm busy, right? I'm not going to sign up. I don't want the responsibility I have my own needs to think of first. And then some will say, well, that's what the elders and deacons are for, right? But that's not what the scripture says, is it? His own people, for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Deeds that bring glory to Christ. Created for good work. This should be our focus. This should be our attitude toward doing good. I thought this was a, a good way to think about this, too. We pray often for our first responders, and Brad prayed for them this morning. And they're in our hearts now, again, with the hurricane. The Christian should be like first responders. When there is a need, we should be the ones running to the need. I, I think that's the case. Whether it's in a community, when you're in your own home, at your workplace, here in the congregation, when a need arises, a problem, something, we should be running to that need, to that person. First responders, zealous for good deeds, zealous for an opportunity to help out, to bring glory to the Lord. 
We were made for this, zealous for good works. Titus 3.1. You know, if we're in that, in that mode, if we're, we understand that, what do we do? Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to, obedient, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed. We will prepare ourselves for this. I think it starts in the heart and the mind. We've got to have a heart for this, a desire. We have to have an understanding what they're all about, these good deeds, and be zealous for them, and we're ready. And, uh, and if we have to prepare ourselves another way, uh, if we have to learn how to present the gospel, then that would be something to do. How to pray with somebody, if we don't know how to do that, you know, there's a good deed there, we can need to be ready for that. How to counsel from the word of God, be ready for that. Uh, what if there is a disaster in this area of some kind? Are we ready for that? What would we do? What would we do? Are we ready for it? Have we ever thought about it? I know to some extent we're ready for like deaths in the congregation. We do something, but are we really ready for that? Does everybody do something? Are we ready? Do we understand that God wants us to be involved in these good deeds? And then in Galatians 6, and this is an important one because there are so many people out there who are takers. They will take and take and take and never give. And we have to be ready for that as well. Galatians 6, 9, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. There needs to be patience and perseverance in our doing good. Not to grow weary. Because, well, as we look right now at the world, and we get, if you just think about the government having to respond to these two terrible hurricanes at the same time. I am sure they are taxed to the limit and probably beyond the limit. And sometimes that happens with us because things happen, don't they? And sometimes they happen in clusters. And one thing after another, it's like, will this never end? So he says, don't grow weary. Don't give up. It'll be all right. But you have to persevere and continue to do good and not quit. The next verse, so then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So we don't want to wear out emotionally or spiritually or however you want to describe it, but to do good to all people, especially of the household of faith, that should be our, our first concern when someone in the congregation has a need. We should be running to that need. What can we do? How can we help? Zealous for good works. And our last scripture. Colossians 1. What do these good works look like? As we said before, there's no list. There's no list. 
And here is, in Paul's prayer, I really like his prayer here in Colossians 1. He says, So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He uses the word every. Every good work. Anything maybe that we could think of that would be a good thing, helpful to people, that would meet a need, we're to be fruitful in them. Fruitful. Okay, fruitful means, you know, you've got a lot of fruit. You're just, you're bearing and bearing and bearing fruit and good works. As we said before, maybe there is something huge that you get called to do. Wonderful praise the Lord. You know, building that orphanage or making those mission trips or being able to donate lots of money to the hurricane relief. Whether they're deeds or words, he says, various kinds, every good work. If we have the heart for every good work, if we have this desire, if we're zealous, you know, they just naturally come because we want to help. You know, this isn't about me looking for good things to do. This is about me having the heart to help people, okay? So this starts at home. Maybe you never thought about that. Doing good deeds start at home, and we're going to kind of focus on that, and we're going to kind of broaden it out a little bit. But I brought some reminders here of things we might be able to do. And for the sake of those who will be listening on the podcast, I'm going to mention what I pull out of the bag here. Oh, let's see, what's first? I got a pair of socks. Do you help out with the laundry? I'm serious. Do you put your own clothes away? When you have dirty clothes, do you put them in the basket? Or do you just throw them on the floor? You do the wash, maybe? When there's a need arises, when the person who normally does the wash can't do it? Do you share the load? I'm serious. Good works to help people. Don't overlook your spouse or the children in your house. If you have the heart, you'll be doing these things. We don't even have these anymore, but I got a telephone here. Does somebody, yeah, does somebody need a phone call? Somebody that hasn't been here for a while, somebody you know is sick, call them up saying, you know, something we can do. Somebody you know is having a difficult time just to talk and cheer them up a little bit. That's a good work, you see. We don't think about some of these things as being good deeds, but if we've got the heart for it, these things will just naturally flow out of us. What else we got here? Ooh. Got the old duster. Anybody know what this is? Do we help out with the cleaning, you know, the dusting, running the vacuum cleaner, whatever? Good work. 
helps out, helps somebody out, especially when they're not feeling too well. How about something needs fixed? Got a screwdriver here. Somebody has something broke and you're able to fix it. Are we there? Lend a hand. I know some of us can't do very good with some of these things. But maybe you can make the phone call to the right person that can fix it. All right, boy, I got a, I got a treasure here. I got a mug, first of all. When's the last time you made your spouse a cup of tea or coffee? What do you think? Think she'd appreciate it? Think he would? What else we got here? He. Somebody need a ride? Anywhere. Church? Store? Somewhere? Maybe you're the one to supply that. Sometimes somebody needs a little financial help. Got a dollar bill here, you know, whatever. Are we ready to do that? Or are we just back away when we hear there's a need? And then I, I got a store list here, cheese, bread, eggs, and milk. Do you volunteer to do that? Whenever, you know, things are really hectic, well, I'll run down to the store. I'll take care of that. Or is it just always his responsibility or her responsibility? What else we got? This represents doing the dishes. Some of you have dishwashers. Load it, run it, empty it, put the dishes away. We do it the old-fashioned way. We do it together. Yeah, it's kind of fun that way. But anyway, do you get involved with that? Good work. Maybe you're the cook in the house. Help out a little bit with that, you know. Of course, maybe for some of us husbands, the wife says, stay out of my kitchen, <laughs> right? Just stay out, don't mess it up. Now, I don't, if that's the case, okay, you got a, you got a, a pass. But otherwise, you know, hey, yeah, I can do that. I can warm up, warm up something. Yeah, I'll take care of it. Good deed. Uh, I think we got one more in here. Send a card. Maybe a lost art these days and just a lost thing altogether. We're so busy on social media. You know, it is so nice to get a card. People took some time, maybe wrote a little note, said, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Bible. This could represent a lot of things. Prayer. Praying for someone is a good work. You know that? And if you have opportunity to share the gospel, or maybe to sit down with them and say, you know, you know, they're having trouble with their marriage or finances or children or some sin. Do you know how to use this to counsel folks? To teach them and guide them in God's ways? That's a great work. So we started. You can see what I'm talking about.
starts in the home if we have the heart. It can extend then into the neighborhood. Some of us have neighbors. We're pretty close to neighbors. There's a sickness. Do we do something, offer our help, take some food, at least go tell them we're praying for them? Maybe somebody in your neighborhood has a little project going on that you can lend a hand. Some people get in their backyard projects and they get in over their head. <laughs> can help them out. Somebody needs their grass cut because somebody's sick. See, it's a matter of thinking about it and being ready for it, looking for the opportunities. At work or school, well, here's one that can sometimes get tricky because, you know, you're just supposed to do your job, right? Just supposed to do your job. But how many of us ever think about really helping out the boss, making his day run a little easier or your coworker's day run a little easier? Do something that's outside of your normal activity just to help out. Or at school, helping your classmates, okay? If they're having trouble with some kind of a problem uh, or, a or a subject, maybe you can help them understand it. Sometimes we create this competition in school that isn't good and our kids don't help out other kids. I want to tell this story and I asked Logan if I could use his name. He had uh, last year what he called his mortal enemy, Jack. Guess they always fussed. Well, Jack hurt his ankle Broke his foot in gym class or in a recess. And uh, so he had to leave school. Must have been toward the end of school. But anyway, and this is, this is a true story, and I'm just not just saying this because Logan's my grandson, but Logan ended up helping Jack leave the school, helping him walk away over to his dad's house, was it? Okay, to the car outside, whatever. Yeah. That was his mortal enemy. He didn't like Jack. But Jack broke his foot. And so Logan helped Jack walk down the steps out of school. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. Being ready for every good work. The congregation, you know, we could go on and on, the ministry, special projects that are going on, they're in the bulletin, we're announcing them, the needs that happen with members, sicknesses, and so forth. You get the idea. God's first responders, starting in the home, being ready, zealous, wanting to bring glory to Christ and do good to people created in Christ Jesus for good works. And the lesson is yours. The greatest work ever done, God is always working. Jesus said in one place, you know, I'm working, my Father's always been working, working on this planet, working in people's lives. His greatest work was to send His Son. 
greatest deed ever done. When all of that was planned out from the very beginning and he worked it out in time through the Jewish people, the bringing of the Messiah. It was something God did. It was a work. A work of love and a gift of salvation. If you're ready to respond to that gift this morning, we give you the opportunity as always. And we can, uh, by the grace of God, baptize you into Christ. If you're a Christian and you struggle with good works, I pray the lesson helps you and you can see another focus on them to open up your heart and mind to be zealous for these things uh, at all times. And just learn, learn the joy in doing good for others. There is a great joy that comes in satisfaction when we help others. If you need prayer, we're here to assist you. Brother Don, if you'd lead us, please.